This episode is proudly sponsored by The Helix, a new innovation district located in New Brunswick, New Jersey, the heart of the Northeast Corridor. The Helix provides a critical ecosystem for innovation by offering a range of physical environments, a vibrant community of leading innovators, and a strategic central location on the Northeast Corridor. The Helix will uniquely mix workspaces, classrooms, laboratories, venues, and collaborative environments creating a dynamic community and setting for innovative minds. Universities, startups, Fortune 500 companies, entrepreneurs, researchers, and many others will all call the Helix home. Thus far, the Helix has assembled a community of innovative private and public organizations, such as Rutgers Health, the New Jersey Innovation Hub, RWJ Barnabas Health, Hackensack Meridian Health, universities from Ireland and Israel, and others. The Helix is where ideas will come to life. To learn more, visit helixnj.com. From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights, with your hosts, Steve Politi and Rutgers insiders, Brian Fonseca and Pat Lenny. Let's start shopping. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Rutgers Rant. 246 long days since the Gator Bowl. Finally, we have some college football to talk about. Joined as always, Brian Fonseca, Pat Lanny. Guys, it's it's been it's been a long summer, been a long time since we've got some football. Are you ready? You ready to do this? Absolutely. I'm ready, Steve. I'm ready like SpongeBob. What choice do you have? <laughs> We're gonna do it regardless if you're ready or not. Here we go. Uh, Greg Shanlow's press conference today. This is a man. This is a man who's in midseason form. Uh, you could ask him the name of his children today. He wouldn't have told you. It was it was it was perfect. Chiano getting ready for a season where he wants this. Uh, he understands this is a big game. Certainly, um, let's talk about the broader sense here, though, fellas. This is year three for him. I asked him a question today about whether or not year three has different significance than it might have than his first time around. I think people expect your program to show signs that it is definitely headed in the right direction in year three. Let me put this to you, Pat. You know, what do you think right now is the level of expectation for this program? And what do you think this, what we need to see from this team for 2022 to be successful? I think uh, Mike Francesa nailed it on the head when he said, just don't be, don't get blown out and be competitive. I, I, that's what I keep coming back to. I I just want to see a team that as Shiano says, I know it's the ultimate coach's cop-out when he says he's got a young team, but that's really the reality of it. it is. So I really think that the, the, the truth of this season and the goal of this season is to be competitive in every game, pull off that one great upset, pull off a couple great wins, and, and hang around uh, to keep bowl eligibility possible. Yeah, I think that he makes a good point there, Fonseca, that if this, if this season's going to be – what we expected to be. You've got to be in a position in November. We've got a chance to be bowl eligible. Do you agree though, that it's enough to be competitive? Are you, are you going to look at the win loss total this year? Does it matter, you know, that, that he's showing evidence that the program's heading in the right direction? The reality is that Rutgers could have a worse record than last year and still be a better team. If that makes sense, because of how grueling the schedule is. I mean, all the metrics point to it being one of the toughest ones in the country. And I know people will say it's tough. Like every year in the big 10, they're going to, the conference is hard, yada, yada. And I get that, but this is especially hard. Um, and to Pat's point, they're a young team. A majority of them have three or more years of eligibility left. So this is a year that you get them accustomed to playing significant snaps. They learn the big 10 so that next year is a year that you really, I mean, you hope the schedule gets a bit lighter, obviously. 
And you really start to explode there. And I think you wrote it in, in our piece this morning, Steve, that this is the year before the year. I think that's the perfect way of putting it. Of uh, Shannon compared it to 0405. This could be 05-esque. Um, I guess we'll see. But yeah, I think don't get blown out. Aside from the Ohio State game, that's inevitable. That team is going to score 1,000 points against everyone. But stay competitive. Maybe pull off one upset. Maybe beat a Penn State in Michigan. Win the winnable games. Beat Boston College. That would be a great start. And that's let's go there right away because it's such an interesting game. And you, <laughs> reading between the lines, and I have to use my Shiano to English dictionary here, trans, translator, talking about this, this obviously this, the schedule is made well before he got here. In no way, shape, or form does Greg Shiano want to be playing Boston College on the road in his season opener. It's the deck of cards. Is the, this is the, this is what he's been dealt? Uh, he's going to make the best of it. But for us, for our purposes, I can't imagine a better, a better, more, more interesting uh, opener. All of the New Jersey ties up there. Jeff Halfley, John McNulty, Savon Huggins is on that staff. There's just a million reasons why it's compelling. But Pat, more importantly than that, we're going to know right away where this team is and how it measures up to a program that's on its level in the first game. No question about it. It's my first game on the beat as well. So let's go. I mean, uh, that's as good as it gets, like you said, but you're right. Boston college was really ascending when Phil Jerkovic, Jerkovic, however we're saying it, Jerkovic uh, was healthy last season. You're getting close to saying something really bad there. We don't want the the FCC to come down on our podcast. So be careful. The the Boston college quarterback is an absolute (laughs) NFL draft pick and if he stays healthy this year, he's going to be awesome. And so that adds to it too. Like Rutgers is playing one of the best quarterbacks they're going to play outside of Ohio state and maybe a few other teams, but exciting game. And you're right. BC ascending program, just like Rutgers. And as you said, all the parallels will make this really compelling. It's interesting though, a fun second though, that's not, they got the quarterback. Definitely. They got, certainly got one of the best receivers in school history up there. What they don't have is what I usually think of Boston College, right? Was it's having you know five Jersey guys on an offensive line that are going to kick the crap out of you. It's a brand new offensive line, five starter, five new starters. There are some question marks up there. This is not a this is not a team that you know that people in the ACC are penciling in for eight wins. Yeah, that's the um, well, the people in, in Chester Hill are penciling eight wins. If you look at all the predictions from their beat writers up there, I think to your point though that. That's going to be the matchup for Rutgers. The, the, uh, their defensive line against Boston College's offensive line. They had an awesome Jersey kid, Christian Mahogany, a kid that Chris Ash recruited and didn't get. He was going to be an All-American level first-round pick until he shredded his knee this summer. Um, so they're they're down. Like you said, the entire line is different. Rutgers' strength probably is going to be that defensive line. They're deep, and there's a lot of talent there. If The key is going to be if Rutgers can get to Jerkovic, Jerkovic, however you say his name, the Boston College quarterback, to, to take Lanny's line. Um, if they can get to him and keep him from getting time, because if he has time, I don't care how good Rucker's secondary is, which is it's pretty good. It looks pretty good. They're not going to be able to stop uh, the the couple of uh, good offensive weapons that uh, he has. So um, that'll be the key matchup there. And how good Boston College will be, I don't know. I think similarly to we'll know how good Rutgers will be in that game. We'll know how good Boston College will be from that game as well. All right. On the other side of the ball, Rutgers, we, we've asked Greg Shannon, I think probably 37 times at this point about his starting quarterback. Uh, we're in a position, I'm going to say this up front, where, where we agree, you guys have been at every practice, we have an agreement with Rutgers that we do not report what we see at training camp practices as part of our condition being there. So we're limited as to what we can say about what we have seen from the Rutgers quarterback battle. 
That said, what Greg Schiano has said, and I think it's interesting today, his comments, he was asked directly about Gavin Wimsett. And you pointed this out to me, Brian, before we went on, that where where the first half of the quote was essentially, this kid has more talent than he has knowledge. The kind of thing you would say for a player who you expected to be riding the bench. The second part of the quote, though, makes you say, oh, maybe we'll see him. Certainly, we're going to see him sooner than we're going to see. I think we're certainly going to see him very soon. What What did you make of that, his comments today? Yeah, it's a masterclass in in coach speak in that you can interpret it any which way and you're no closer to the truth. That, you know, I was reading, like I was telling you, I was reading the quote and my my if I was someone who had no idea what's going on and I read that quote, I'd be more confused even after that quote than I was before. So, uh, yeah, it's very impressive. As you said, Shiano was in mid-season form with this. If that's if his objective was to confuse people, I think he did a pretty good job. Right. Obviously, no Vegel experienced. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, coach on the field, you can count on him. The upside, though, Pat, with, with Wimsett, arm strength, the Rutgers hasn't had a guy who can throw the ball like him in a decade, probably since Tom Savage. I mean, how do you how do you break it down overall? Arm strength and the thing that everyone forgets is mobility, right. which is so key to Gleason's offense. Like, I think he wants someone that's really uh, can run the you know read option really well and and uses legs to extend plays. So the arm strength is no question; it's definitely there. The mobility is there. It's just the decision making that that comes with experience and knowing the playbook. So that those are two things that just come with time. And and if he has time, that's the other part of it. We we right. we right. think we think that their offensive line is going to be better. Do you agree with that statement? From based on what you've seen, the bodies they have, the new guys coming in, is this offensive line going to be better? And if it is, I think that will have a that will definitely impact whether or not. Uh, any quarterback, or certainly, but a young quarterback can flourish. I mean, I've seen some really good offensive linemen in the last couple of years, but they were at St. Joe's and Don Bosco, and now they're at Ohio State. Conversely, so yeah. I'm going to let take take that one. Yeah, I think it can't, it's hard to be worse, right? They were 120th nationally in offense last year, uh, so they'll be better. How much better? I don't know, but to say they're going to be better is pretty much a given. No. Well, that's true. Yeah, you would think, but I mean, when you're mixing a lot of new pe- new people, new remember, offensive line is a chemistry thing too. You know, so be interesting to see how that group, you know, I think, I think he identified the guys he was going to use up front. He's had eight guys, you know, pretty much in the mix from the beginning. Uh, it's not a situation where they were trying to audition in different starters. I mean, you get the sense that he identified who he wanted to be. That should, that, that to me, and they've gotten, you know, they've been pretty healthy there. Right. So that's another important thing. Yeah, I just think one more thing to add, Steve, I just always think that everything, the transfer portal is new is now like the way for fans to address like free agency in, in the NFL or like the NFL draft. They're like the, the new player is always going to be better when yeah. we're not exactly sure how that's going to shake out. It's certainly Rutgers got some bigger guys in the portal and you have some faith that Augie Hoffman, the offensive line coach and Shiano knew who they were looking at in the portal. But until you see that unit really gelling in a game situation, you just don't know. So, so time will tell. Right. It, it certainly passes the eye test, uh, but you're right. Yeah. We have to see it in the game now and that's, and that's going to be part of uh, what makes this opener so much fun. All right. Can we dive into true false? You guys ready to do this? Let's hit it. All right. You know, the rules, true or false right along these lines, the biggest surprise, the biggest pleasant surprise for the Scarlet Knights this season will be a much improved offensive line. Fonseca, true or false? I'll go false. Lanny. I'm going to go true just because they seemed so bad last year. All right. Good one. Now, next true or false. The biggest surprise for the Scarlet Knights this season will be a much improved pass rush. Something they couldn't do really at all last year. Fonseca will be better. True or false? True. Going true there. All right. We know your answer to that one, Pat. 
well, then I get this one. True or false? The biggest surprise for the Scarlet Knights this season will be a running back who approaches 1,000 yards. What do you think? Can the rushing attack approve to the level where we've got a guy out there who might get 1,000 yards? True or false? One second. False. False. Lanny? I've been on the Kyle Manungai bandwagon. Let's lock it in. True. <laughs> I love. So you think he's going to get enough t- t- carries to get there, too? That would be my uh, concern. There's not going to be a against three carries right. a game. But, yeah. huh? but even still, it's probably false. I mean, let's let's be realistic here. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco is now like the star of the Kansas City Chiefs, and he couldn't even get <laughs> close to that. This is a very good point. Very good point. All right, true or false, Gavin Wimsett will start more than half the team's games this year. It's a big number. What do you think, Fonseca, true or false? True. True. I love it. All right, Lanny, true or false? I'm going to say false. I still see him playing a lot of second halves. Yep, I I think it's going to be it's going to be a we're not going to have we're not going to have any quarterback get to half the games. How's that sound? So I'm going to go false. Uh, true or false? Rutgers kicking situation hasn't been in better hands in years. This is the best they've had in years. Fonseca, you were the one I made I made this specifically for because you just wrote about it. True or false? Based on what I have heard from the people I spoke to uh, and his pre- previous stops, to be clear. True. True. All right, Lanny. You got to go with the man who wrote about who knows the kicking situation better than anybody? Uh, yes. True. True. Hey, dude, sure. True. And right, it, let's go true. You include punting and as a part of that kicking yes. as well. Certainly the one you have the nation's best punter that makes it easy. All right. A couple more. True or false? Keontae Hamilton made the right decision to stop wrestling. One second, true or false? True. That? True as well. It just Yeah, uh, that's an easy one. Yeah. yeah. When, you have, when he's going to be a kind of guy who might have an NFL future or certainly someone who's got a chance to be really good at college, you got to do it. And finally, the team MVP of the Scarlet Knights will be Johnny Langan. One second, true or false? If we're going with the true meaning of MVP, valuable, absolutely true. That. <laughs> I love it. All right, Pat, your thoughts? Great answer. Great answer. Johnny, Johnny Lang and true. No, no, it's no, no. False. It's Corsac. It's Corsac. It's Corsac. Yeah, well, it was Corsac last year. They're going to give it to him again this year? All right. Possible. Okay. I wasn't here last year. That's my cop out. That's my Shiano uh, coach speak. I wasn't here last year. He just year. seems like a kind of guy. I thought Langan because he seems like a kind of guy that they would want to reward after everything he's done for this program. Um, but obviously, he's got to have a good year on the field to do that. And by all accounts, I mean, based on memory, also, we're just coming off the last time we saw his team. A Boston, Boston College yeah. kid, too, Steve. Forget. Boston College kid. I remember the last time we saw Johnny Langan, um, he was killing it in the uh, Gator Bowl. So I think he's going to have a big – I don't – and again, this is me guessing. I didn't see this in practice. So I don't want to have the chop be uh, – my hands getting chopped off for, for revealing privileged information. Uh, I just assume – you know, this is a guy who they want to they involve a lot. He's going on the road to face the team. He he started his college career. I'd be stunned if Johnny Langan does not have a big game against Boston College. Stunned. And to be, All and right. to be clear, so Pat and I's hands don't get chopped off. We did not tell Steve that either. Steve's not in practice, he so he can see it. We did not tell that to Steve either. So please, to, mm-hmm. to whoever is listening to this, because we know you are. There'll be no chopped hands. We don't chop our hands. Um, all right. Anything else we want to revisit here? So, so uh, Ryan, tell us about your story on the Irish, sorry, excuse me, the Northern, uh, Northern Ireland phenomenon 
that is the new Rutgers kick. Yeah, I was that was one of my bigger worries, the Northern Ireland, Ireland national identity angle. I yes. was worried uh I didn't want to anger anybody in the in the island, but um Oh, I called I called Rory McElroy an Irishman once and believe me, my email was not it was not it was not polite. So, yes, there you go. Well, everybody I've dealt with, nobody had any major issues so far. So hands crossed. Um, but uh, hopefully there's not a bounty out for me in Belfast. But <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, he's, he's great. Everyone I talked to was really impressed with uh, his work ethic and his uh, ambition. Uh, this is a guy who the, the story goes, he you know knew a little bit about football, but really had no interest in it until he saw another Irish kid who, to be clear, is from the Republic of Ireland on the other end of the island. Actual Irish, guys. Yep. Actually Irish. Well, again, I, I'm not sure if that's a fair thing to say either, Steve. Let's, let's We're getting into murky waters here. But anyway, so he found out this kid is committing to Georgia Tech, and he said, well, I could do that. You know, we're both Gaelic footballers. So he goes on eBay immediately after, buys three footballs, a stand, gets gets <laughs> there a couple days later, starts kicking it, and he gets more reinforcing this idea. He sends that kid, David Shanahan, a, an email, and he's like, you know, he's never going to respond. He's getting bothered by everybody around here. The kid gets back to him, says, I'll hook you up with Pro Kick Australia. He wants to go to Pro Kick Australia. He can't because we're in the middle of a global pandemic and he can't get into Australia. So he kicks around for a year until he can get into the United States to work with another former Pro Kick guy. He gets to the United States, kicks at some high schools and some cow pastures for a few months. And uh, short story is two years after he found out he could do it, he has a former coach saying he's going to make it to the NFL one day. To your point, probably the best kicking situation Rutgers has had in a while. I don't think if he has a chip shot with the four seconds left in the game that he will miss it. That's a really wild story. I love that. If you had it, uh, go on Danzy.com and, and pull it up because Brian did a really good job. Well-sourced story talking about him. All right. Any other, uh, you, you mentioned this, we've, we've talked about the offensive line, uh, but you today in our, in our, in our preview section, you mentioned the pass rush you think would be better. That interested me, Brian, because of obviously there are a couple of guys that are not part who <laughs> expected to be a big part of that here or not with the team this year. Tell me why you're optimistic there. Not having Motoray hurts. He's their top sack leader for the past two seasons, but they have a lot of depth. That was one a, a big emphasis of Shiano from the moment he came back was reinforcing that unit. And obviously he's done a really good job with a lot of depth, both inside and out. I think Aaron Lewis has a chance to be really, really good. He was uh, good last year. Yeah. He was good last year in spots. And I think with a bigger role, uh, given that, you know, they don't have Teray, he should, he was his backup. He should slide and have a bigger role there. I really think he could have, he's a, he has a chance of having a special season. Um, but even and not just him, other guys. You know, Wesley Bailey is a guy that Shannon's talked about in training camp. Mm-hmm. And uh, Frank, I was surprised, frankly, when I was looking up the numbers last year. Rutgers only had six sacks in Big Ten play. Again, similar to the offensive line, this is not a big bar to clear. Um, so I think they should they will be better. You know, automatically, I, I think they could be a lot better than that. Right. The fact that they can they can now actually have a platoon and bring guys in and keep them fresh to late in the games and late in the season too. I think it's, is a huge deal that this team has not had the big 10. So that'll, that'll matter certainly as we get going. All right, let's dive into some Rutgers insider questions as always. Thank you guys for participating in our insider uh, program. We're looking forward to having a, a lot of texts flying during the season and, and throughout the season. If you're not familiar with this, these questions come from people who are our subscribers. So please get on board. You get some good information that you don't get anywhere else. All right, first question. Uh, from a wins-loss perspective, what would be a success for this season? Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think, I don't know. I feel like if you've set the bar, it's going to be somewhere between three and seven, <laughs> right? Uh, seven would be build statues level. Six should be a wild success. Five, that's what they had last year. I, I, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Pat? Give me, give me where you think 
what number would be successful? Yeah, I did the best and worst case scenario in that preview that we released today. And uh, mm -hmm. I said something along the lines of Shiano has won two more games every single year. Now, that's the best case scenario when you get to seven, if you add right. two more games. The worst case scenario is they regress by two and finish with three. So I think yeah. you nailed it. Somewhere between that three and seven range is, is really realistic. Experience the Heldridge Hotel, a luxury hotel that's perfect for both the business and leisure traveler. Ideally located within minutes of Rutgers University, the Heldrich is convenient to all the action and activities at SHI Stadium, Jersey Mike's Arena, and the Rutgers University campus. The moment you walk through the doors of the Heldrich Hotel and Conference Center, you know you're someplace different. A place with an independent spirit and a boutique vibe. A place where you can immerse yourself in your meeting or event as easily as you can the local culture. Located in the heart of the city, the Heldridge lets you experience all that New Brunswick has to offer. Whether you're coming to New Brunswick for a fun weekend with friends, in town for a Scarlet Knights game, or attending a business meeting, book your accommodations today at theheldridge.com. Right. All right. Next one. Uh, could Rutgers realistically lose the opener and be bowl eligible? Um, not to be, we're not a political uh, podcast, but it feels like losing Pennsylvania and trying to win the White House. I don't really... I don't really see a path there. I mean, I, I it's it's certainly going to be pretty tough. It means you'd have to win four Big Ten games. I mean, what do you think, Brian? Is it is this game that important that they have to win this to, to stay bowl to, to realistically be bowl eligible? Yeah, this is the season. I think. I think if you yeah. if you have any hopes of making a bowl game, you have to win this game um, because that, they would have to win every other winnable game on the schedule. You know, is that likely? Even even good teams lose games against worse teams, if that makes sense. So it would be a lot to ask. And I think making a bowl game, even with beating Boston college would be hard enough to do so without beating them to me is borderline impossible. Uh, all right. So we got this question four different times in four different ways. So it's on your guys' minds. Uh, will Gavin Wimsett transfer if he isn't named starter? Uh, I mean, there's no, we've gotten no sense from this kid or anybody around him that he's not perfectly happy here. And this is just this, this is just the reality of college football in 2022, right? I mean, this if if he doesn't start, we'll wonder if he's going to transfer. If he throws 300 yards a game, we're going to wonder if he transfers, right, Pat? I mean, there's really no. It's just kind of the way it is. I don't see any sign that he's that he's unhappy. So that's it. that's it. You 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 nailed that in the first time we spoke with him in camp, right? Like he was so happy to be in the the rack pack yeah. at the basketball games, and yeah, I just think that's the reality. And think about it, like. I always say like the, the, the grass is not always greener after a transfer, right. right? Like look at the kid that went from Texas to Nebraska and had a great game yesterday and then still on, or on Saturday and still ends up losing. Like just because there is another opportunity out there, doesn't mean it's better. Rutgers has done everything possible to lay the red carpet out for this guy. So I think he, I don't, I don't foresee it at all. I think he's a mm -hmm. Rutgers guy through and through. Uh, totally agree. Likes the coaches, likes, likes the situation, loves being here. So until we know otherwise, stop worrying about this. All right. I don't blame, uh, I don't blame you fans for worrying yeah. it, but it really is just like the kid hasn't even started a game yet. And people are already ca ca like have a catastrophe. Like let, let this play out before you start, you know, predicting the, the collapse of the program, which I mean, if it does happen, it'd be a pretty big deal, but slow the roll here guys. Right. Yeah. It, 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 well said. Uh, all right, Jamie in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, wants to know, of the much ballyhooed freshman class, what player is most likely to emerge as a key contributor this season? Can you guys, is this, I don't think this is out, out, out of bounds here from our rules. What do you, what do you think? Either one of you, tell me who you got. I had uh, 
Thomas and Monkwa early on in camp, but this yep. transition to now, I, I, I think it's more Kenny Fletcher adding to that defensive line Ooh. mix. Okay. So look out for Kenny Fletcher, the defensive end out of Del Ran. I'll go with um, Anthony Johnson, the linebacker, only because that unit is so thin that they're going to need bodies. Um, so I'd go with him. And if Moses Walker wasn't hurt, he would obviously be the guy that, from that group. But um, with him, I'd, I'd guess Anthony Johnson. Uh, good answers. All right. Uh, let me see what else we got here. Oh, so this has been asked three times, and it's interesting because I thought I thought the Drew Singleton thing was done. I must have gone on vacation and missed uh, Greg Schiano hinting that Drew Singleton, whose appeal was denied from the NCAA, might get back somehow. There might be another avenue. But uh, so he was asked about it today, and he said he had new news about it. Uh, so what 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 do you what is the situation with Drew Singleton? What do you think's going on? Do you have any idea what? We're talking about whether with this Hail Mary idea is that he might somehow end up playing this year. So when Shiano told us that the appeal was denied, he said there was one last step. He, I followed up and asked him what it was. He, he said he didn't want to talk about it. We okay. never got any clarification what this last step is. Um, the, the fact that it's been three weeks, we're you know, five days away from the season opener and nothing's yeah. come out of it. I have to imagine no news is bad news. Um, I, yeah. I, I really... Um, I think they're just waiting for closure at this point, but he is still, you know, he was a volunteer assistant in the beginning of camp to kind of be around the team in hopes that he would get reinstated. He's still around, uh, around the team. I have to imagine it's a lawsuit. Is there any other, what else could it be? Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. I'm just guessing here. All right. Uh, But yeah, I would not count on Drew Singleton being out there uh, this year. All right. Another Tony and Lawrence wants to know with Aaron Young coming off an injury. Moving right Collins to linebacker suggests coach really likes what he sees from the other three scholarship running backs. How have they looked to you? Now, again, be careful, but uh, obviously he likes the position. And I think that means that the depth behind common uh, on guys is, is, is pretty good. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And Aaron Young was coming off that injury, but he was asked about it today and the press conference um, I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but I thought he said, yeah, we're just going to keep these next three practices are going to be really important for Aaron Young. So it would be Aaron Young, Kyle Manungai, and Al Shadi Salam as the three backs. Right, right. And that's, I mean, look, there's one thing we've had. They have not, had, they have not struggled for talent at that position, right? I think we, pre, we can feel pretty good whoever they put back there. They've got, they've got running backs. To add, Shao uh, has... has- name uh, has mentioned Sam Brown, the freshman. Uh, he mentioned him after the second scrimmage. Well, he was asked about him after the second scrimmage and he had good things to say. Um, so, and it does sound like Aaron Young. Uh, I pulled up the quote, Pat. It's, it's essentially is like, we'll see, which is what he's saying about literally everything. We'll see. We'll see. And, and these next three practices are going to be so important. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. That's the, that's the new motto used to be keep chopping. Now it's, we'll see. All right. Uh, question about, uh, about Sean Gleason. You guys are not, uh, this is your first season on the podcast. You will soon learn that uh, we spend a lot of time talking about the offensive coordinator here in this podcast. Uh, my concern is that Gleason will continue to run a vanilla offense this season, or will he move toward an RPO type since all quarterbacks have legs? So uh, just what you think about his philosophy. And, I, and I've been, Sean Gleason's, I've defended him. I think he's, like his first season at Rutgers, nothing short of brilliant. Last year, obviously, not as good production wise, but I don't think the play calling was the problem. The blocking in the quarterback play, though, to a lot of degree, was 
most and the defense they face was the problem. I mean, what do you is there a wrinkle that makes sense for this offense that we're going to see from Sean Gleason this year? If you had to guess, one thing I am interested to see is that if this two quarterback system that Shiano keeps hinting is possible, if that does come to fruition, Gleason had a similar deal in his last year at Princeton. He used two quarterbacks uh, with different skill sets, uh, much different skill sets than the quarterbacks that Rutgers has. But my point being that he's done it before. He's gotten creative with it. So I would be interested to see how he would manage a situation like that. Um, but as far as the other things, it sounds like everybody on this tech service is trying to get us in trouble. Um, if John Gleason was running a super secret three running back, four quarterback set, I don't really think we'd be able to say anything. And that's not a hit. He's not doing that, to be clear. They have not switched to the wishbone that we know of. And we wouldn't tell you even if we could. Uh, all right. Uh, more questions here. Uh, this is a good one. And I, I uh, it's from CJ and Baskin Ridge. Uh, what is your favorite story that you wrote about training camp at Rutgers sports this summer? Uh, I feel like your, your story in Jude is going to be yours, Brian. Am I wrong? Yeah. If we're talking about training camp. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and so, and I will I'll give us a little preview of what's coming. I wrote a, I spent a, a good amount of time talking about punting with Adam Corsak. And I just think he's a fascinating dude. And one of my favorite part of this job is just being able to sit down with, uh, you know, an athlete who's a little older, who's got a story to tell, who, uh, you know, and I would just talk about how he just talked to him about how he approaches his punting. And I just learned a lot about about what makes him different than the average punter. I 3000 words coming, I think, on Wednesday about the punting situation. I hope you'll read it. Hope you'll learn something, too. Uh, how do you prepare to say what big story you've got coming or you want to keep that one secret? Yeah, I'm prepared. I'll give a little teaser okay. I spoke about today. I asked about it today in the press conference. So maybe someone some really canny listeners will have picked on <laughs> so it's going to be a story about Ireland Brown. And it's basically how his life mirrors the movie, the blind side and how in high school, when I covered him, he was Ireland Burke. Uh, so he was actually came to a separate family to live with in high school and uh, has now taken on that family's name. Not that he was adopted by them because he's already 18, but basically yeah. it's a lot like the blind side and it's going to be pretty fascinating. So check back for that one on Thursday. I am excited. I'm legit excited to read that story because I know you spent a lot of time on it. So I can't wait. So uh, readers get ready. We've got some good stuff coming up this week for the game. All right. A few more here. Um, uh, Charlie B wants to know how much traction has there been with NIL fundraising at Rutgers? Are you privy to the amount of money that has been collected on that end? I'm not privy. I don't know if you guys know the number. Um, I think I from what privy. I understand, there's a big bump after Greg Channel came forward and said, look, we need to raise millions to keep our team together. I think there's a bump right there. But what you've seen since is, is I mean, crickets, nothing really. They, there hasn't been a follow-up on that. Um, Brian, you're, you've, you're with the story about that. I mean, that's your sense that there's there, that, that it's, it's certainly dropped off since then. Yeah, I, I think uh, there was an opportunity to kind of build on that. Um, if you read the story, the last quote from, John Newman, the president of uh, the Knights of the Raritan, which is one of the collectives at Rutgers, uh, was appealing for some help from the athletic department. Um, I think, read between the lines there. Uh, I think, and we, yes, we're not privy to the, the amount of money they're raising. They kept that under wraps out of respect for what they say, coaches and, and the players. Um, but yes, it feels like there was an opportunity there that was not seized. Yeah, and that's that's going to be a story. The rest that's going to be a story for the rest of time. I think, and we'll see we'll see what happens then. But um, it's going to be interesting the first time there's a big offer for a player, Pat. That's what's going to happen. I mean, I think that's we will know how much money Rutgers has in its collective when they need to keep someone. 
yeah, and I think there's a fascinating overarching discussion about NIL and where money is going in athletics now that there are multiple avenues between NIL, between buildings, between all these things. I think that uh, we can have a podcast episode on its own about that. We could. Um, but that is the direction of athletics. Something to watch, like you said, moving forward. All right, final question from Jersey John. Uh, then they'll transition nice to our uh, our prediction segment of the show. Uh, not so much a question, but I'm hoping you guys can cover a bit about what we might be able to expect from BC, strengths and weaknesses, and where you think Rutgers matches up favorably with them. We touched about it there. We think that the defensive line matchup favors Rutgers well. We think that Rutgers is is that the pass rush is going to mean everything. Um, what is what is your sense overall here, Lanny? What is there anything else in this matchup that favors the Scarlet Knights? I would say, like you said, defensive line versus offensive line is, is probably their best matchup. And you like to think that Rutgers' best unit overall is its secondary, which would match up with Boston College's strength, uh, you know, quarterback wide receiver. So can can that experience secondary with, you know, Sean Abraham and Christian Izian and those guys, uh, Avery Young, really, uh, really step up? That That's what it's going to come down to for me. And then offensively, you know, let's see. Like you said, Johnny Langan may be the may be the X factor. He is usually uh, as he is usually. Yeah, yeah I, I can't remember a time where I'm more curious about the offense. Go ahead, Brian. I mean, interrupt you, but I'm just really curious about what this offense is going to do in this game. No, I didn't mean to interrupt you either. I'll let you finish that thought. A couple of things. One, it's very interesting that Rutgers made. They do their game week poster previewing every game. They made Johnny Langan the cover of that poster. Have to think he's pretty excited to face his old team. Um, and uh, to Pat's point, I think. BC has this really great receiver, Zay Flowers. Rutgers has a really great quarterback in Max Melton. I'm sure they're going to match up. I think that's going to be a fascinating matchup to watch. That could be pretty important. But um, uh, sorry, Steve, what were you saying about the offense? No, that's it. You you, you crystallized my thoughts. Melton, that's a good one, Bri. That's a good – that's a really good one. He's been, he's been such a shutdown corner. All right. Let's dive into some predictions, gentlemen. We uh, – first road trip, Rutgers plus seven and a half. Uh, a little surprised. Were you surprised at that number, Brian? Was that was that what you thought it was going to be? You're you're a gambling guy expert. I would ask you first. I, I'm an ep- expert in losing gambling. That's all. I that's all I am. But um, I was surprised it was that big. Sure. Um, yeah. I guess thinking about it, I could see it. But I when it first came out in the summer, I was uh, mildly surprised. Let's put it like that. Right. Okay. okay. All right. Who wants to go first? So you know this. So this is just we put our predictions up. So this is really important now. I mean, you guys, this is the prediction. You don't want to give me bragging rights. You can ask the last, I can, I can reveal this now. The last two guys left the podcast because they were sick of me talking about how I continually, continually dominated the prediction segment. So I'm just letting you know, your career is basically a line here. You don't want to live with me. You're going to be in the car with me for three hours on the way back from this game. You don't want to get this wrong, right? So just, just, I'm just going to say that off the top. Go ahead. What's your prediction? This is betting against the spread. This is picking against the spread. No, it's no, absolutely. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't screw around. We got the spread. I'm going to say Rutgers covers. It's closer Ooh. than you think. Okay, so what's what's? Give me a score. Give me something. What do you got? Okay, all right. Uh, I thought we were <laughs> picking against the spread. Uh, we're going to go score. I think Rutgers is going to have to keep keep it low scoring. So let, let's go 21. BC. Oh, BC is going to win. I think BC is going to win. Okay. 24, BC. 21. Okay. 20, 21. I, I agree right. with Pat. Really. I think it's, it, we're going to be in the sweet spot where Rutgers covers, but does not win. Um, and I agree with Pat. It's going to be low scoring. Yeah. Pat, uh, we're, we're in sync here. I, I, I guess I'll go 
21-17 to not copy his exact score, but I think uh, him and I have a similar idea of how this is going to go. All right. Well, this is the first. This is the first time we're going to differ. You guys have a chance now to go up on me one nothing. Um, I'm going to pick that Boston College will cover that number. I think they're going to win. Uh, I don't think it'll be easy, but I think they'll, they'll they'll pull away in the fourth quarter. I just don't. I just don't like the early season game with a quarterback who's going to be in the NFL with with that level of you know a playmaker. I just think they're going to score points, and I, I'm not sure that Rutgers is going to be able to keep up. So I'm going to go like a. Uh, 30-21 Boston College win. Um, yeah, it's just it's just not a just not a great matchup for your season opener for the Scarlet Knights. There you go. All right, and the good news is we'll have a road trip story when we get back, and I'll I'll even tease the road trip story because you know I'm a bit of a hotel snob, as people on the podcast know. And I get a text. I'm like, where are you guys staying? And I get a text from it. I think it was one second. We're at the Four Points, and my first reaction was. Well, what the hell is a four point? What the hell? What are you, we're at a foot? What's a four point? So you guys are already, you guys are almost already fumbled the first road trip of the year, by the way. That's your job. Four. You're supposed to save us from this. You're it's our fun. advisor. Yeah. You've seen it all. You're our advisor. <laughs> we are now at a Weston, I think. Yeah, the five the points in Gangs of New York was uh, probably the encouragement of finding the, five, the four. Yeah. The, the four point. All right. Four points. Well, we'll be back to talk about the trip to Boston College, everything we learned about the Scarlet Knights. I think next week's podcast is going to be a lot of fun, to say the least. Uh, thanks to everyone for your questions and for listening and for Pat and Brian signing off. Thank you week. for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com insider.